Welcome to the E6 podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what's going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives, followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke. This is episode 104. 104. Here we are. Welcome back, Lauren. Hey, thanks, man. Good to have you back. It's good to be back. Kelly did a great job in your absence. You know, I really, really enjoyed last week's episode. I think maybe because it was fresh for me because I wasn't there. Yeah. So I just, I normally listen to our podcasts more often than not anyway, but I don't know how much I enjoy it because I was there. I already heard it. I already heard all that. (laughs) And it's weird listening to yourself talk, but man, the, the, both uh, the gift of Kelly Morris, as well as the subject matter from last week um, about doubt uh, and just y'all just being really vulnerable and honest and uh, just validating, I think, what a lot of people think and feel. I thought it was a really good episode. Thanks. It was fun. It was good. I, it's nice to have that conversation with Kelly. She uh, she said on there that uh, probably the number one person she disagrees with is me in our community, church community. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, sister. I That's exactly right. So you could agree on that anyway. I can... I can agree on that for sure. Yeah, but it's good. It was good to have her uh, be a part of that conversation. So, well, Lauren, you um, have had an experience over the last couple of days that uh, um, love to hear you share a little bit about. Um, you know, it's this is a very unique thing that only hundreds of thousands of fans get to experience. Oh. I was like, what um, happened in my life that I'm not <laughs> thinking of? I was like, you got you to peering see a, behind the curtain to a some global superstar. Yes. Oh yeah. Ooh. In the I think it was the Beatles, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. In all seriousness, I think it's the closest I'll ever come to a Beatles concert. The Jonas Brothers. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. No, not them. Okay. Uh, uh, so tell us about your uh, your experience. So I got to be one a select. <clears throat> I got to be one of a select few, 210,000, give or take, <laughs> that were at Cowboy Stadium. And he won the opportunity to spend money. I read 210,000 people crazy. over three nights saw Taylor Swift at Cowboy Stadium. And I got to take my 15-year-old, Rachel. Don't cr- blame it on it her. Was her. I, I got to. I said I got to. <laughs> I didn't say I had to. Carrie, I wasn't. Carrie was like... I thought I was going. Yeah, He's like, yeah. nah, it's no, me. no, I got this, this is one. a me oh, time. Oh, if you could see <laughs> this is, us. This is a father-daughter thing. Yeah. You know what? I know my 15-year-old's not listening, so I will say this. This is the conversation Sunday after church. Are you sure you don't want to go? No, I don't want to go. You go. I don't, but I don't want to go. You go. Like, this was our conversation. <laughs> this is Rachel and Rachel and Carrie. This is me and Carrie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. This is me and Carrie. Uh, it, it was incredible. I've, I have, I'm, a, I'm a music fan, and I've gotten to see my favorite bands in concert over the years but i'm not the guy that goes to all the concerts and travels and but i've been to a a good number of concerts um big ones little ones and i have never been to a show like this Hmm. uh it was it was a spectacle a true spectacle um she's very talented she's gotten better over the years obviously and she just brought it and I still can't get over my daughter and everybody else just losing their minds <laughs> for three hours. Which is why it's like the Beatles. Like I thought I was good. Uh, like I go to uh, like I go to a YouTube concert and I sing the whole time. I just mm, sing at the yeah. top of my lungs. I go to I've Switchfoot's one of my favorite bands, lesser known bands, and I just I sing every word I know, you know? 
and I thought, okay, I know, I know like at least half of all of Taylor's songs because, you know, four daughters and we've listened to it in the minivan over the years so mm-hmm. many times and have all the stuff downloaded on my phone. And, and so I'm like, I'm going to sing. I'm not going to hold back. And I, I sang, I'll bet I sang a total of a half song. Total. Mm. Because it was that much of a spectacle. Like I just watched. I watched everybody around me losing their minds, like veins popping out of their necks, screaming. <laughs> it was crazy. It was insane. Oh man! Huh. I don't know how much yeah. money she made. I yeah. There you know, tell and she uh, was. I think this is true. She was like the first artist to do that. To to first to artist stick to around. sell three nights in a row out at Cowboy Stadium. Just insane, and everybody else who's anybody has been there. <clears throat> yeah, every major, ba- every Grammy winner, every you know. I'm yeah, just... it was it's, it was nuts. Yeah, that's hmm. cool. That's cool, man. I I really am glad I didn't get glad to do we that. Got to go. She she's, and I got to bond with my daughter and her friends, and we went out to eat before, and I stood in the merch line for hour forty five. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I have never wanted merch bad enough to sit in a line that long. No way! Yikes. I end up talking to strangers, and they're like, "What are you going to get?" I'm like, "I have a list." Oh yeah, who's it for? For four fifteen-year-old girls. <laughs> what are you getting? You uh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I'm just here to get their stuff. <laughs> I'm here for a giant pretzel. That's all. Yeah, that's all I'm looking for. Twenty-five dollar pretzel. That's right. Well, that's great. I'm surprised that you can hear today. Yeah, that's uh, right. I did have earplugs imagine. in, like like an old fart for for the very beginning, and I took them out because because the show ended. I just wanted to enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. So I know people sometimes say it's too loud at Colonial, and if they could just be in that stadium for about thirty seconds, they would they would lose their minds. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty loud. <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty loud. That's awesome. In yeah. fact, that's the last thing I'll say about the concert is I've never been I've been to I've been to multiple concerts over the years that are in huge football stadiums like this, which are horrible acoustics, horrible for sound. Oh yeah. And it's so <laughs> loud that of course you can't hear yourself think, much less hear yourself <laughs> sing. Yes. And this is how fanatical however many you know, seventy five thousand people were is while she's singing, while her band is playing, you could hear everybody singing. Overall, that like put, stuff. Put, put, try to wrap your brain around that, you know? It's pretty loud that's, to that's be incredible. singing over the top of it. Yeah. yeah. So. Huh. <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, can you give us a brief sermon illustration out of the Taylor Swift concert? Ooh. Oh. Ready to go. No, the, the, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, no. Are you are you crossing off ideas of what you were going to say, oh, or are you yeah, just yeah. disagreeing I'm with the prince? Trying, I'm trying to, <laughs> trying to salvage There's some. Definitely here. a few <laughs> lines of lyrics that are, you know, maybe blatantly contrary to scripture. No doubt about that. Uh, I don't think Taylor professes to be a, a Christian, um, but I don't know where her heart is. No, I, I a sermon illustration. The only not, thing, not I, no, like the only thing I can think of, honestly, truth out yeah, of it. the only thing I can think of, and I and I mentioned this to you guys uh, uh, yesterday morning over coffee is, um, this is going to sound so random. It was actually kind of a beautiful picture of just the 
the uniqueness of of people created very differently. Uh, her dance team was incredible, and they could not have been more diverse in color, size, obviously gender, men and women. I mean, it was just, and it wasn't all the the lean twenty two year old supermodels. Mm. You know, it was there was there were people that were a little too short or a little too tall or a little too heavy or um you know according to the, the the success you know pictures of the world and i don't think that's an accident and I, I just thought i thought it was beautiful i'm not trying to make too much of it i just it was very noticeable to me and she can hire whoever the heck she wants right and she clearly i don't think she just hired her friends these are these are <laughs> really good dancers they you know good, yeah. I don't think she probably doesn't know that many good dancers. So, <laughs> yeah, that was maybe one <laughs> illustration just of just seeing beyond a skill or the sexuality of our culture. Mm. All right. I don't know how to transition out of that. Like, I'll, but, take uh, that. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. That's all I got. Good job on a whim. Good yeah. job. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so moving on. This is the series. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll go to that. That's right. No, I was thinking um, um, we have uh, the last couple of days of the Jackaronda team, Mm. and they are basically almost on their way back um, if they have not left yet. I'm not sure exactly when they leave. By the time anybody listens to this, they may already be back or on their way. Clinic day. Yeah, already. Um, And uh, so, you know, thank you to everybody that's been praying for them and. Um, if you have not looked, you should go to Karen Johnson's uh, Facebook page and um, and check out some of the pictures and stuff. I think we're going to show some of those this weekend. But, uh, um, you know, some really cool pictures of uh, just getting to um, take care of some people that are dealing with some stuff that don't have the ability to uh, go see a doctor. And um, I loved some of the pictures of so many pills. So many pills yeah. stacked and stacked and stacked, you know. Well, um, and I don't know if you saw the numbers, but uh, I, I did th- not. I didn't actually read anything. I just clicked on stuff. Oh, okay. I know that um, you know Gina Marchand was with them, right? And so Gina early this morning, our elders met like we do um, most Tuesday mornings, and Gina was texting her husband Doug, and he was passing it on to us that they passed the thirty-five thousand mark of number of people wow. there they've helped over the years. This is yeah. not all on this trip, obviously. Right. But I mean, there's like 15, 14, 15, I think, 16 trips. I trip. think it's the 16th trip. Is it? I think. Somewhere right around there. But 35,000 people helped in some very basic, you know, necessary ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. So anyway, they're they're about to uh, board planes and, and head back this way, and um, they'll be... They'll be back this weekend, and um, so definitely keep you keep them in your prayers as they are uh, flying and and uh, going back through customs. And you know, I feel like the last several times we've we've talked about somebody that's you know been been coming from somebody somebody sick or got hurt and and having to fly for you know double digit hours and hours yep. and hours on planes. And um, so keep them all safe and all that. But. If you are listening right now, you have probably realized that our podcast did not come out on Monday like it normally does. And we... Why have, is that, Brooke? I forgot. 
Um, <laughs> I forgot. That's just, you know. <laughs> uh, we have made a change in our rhythms on uh, throughout the week in the office, and uh, that affects the podcast, trying to do the best things that we can for um, staff and uh, days that we can uh, get some things done and spend some time um, writing and learning and doing and all of the things. And so our, our episode is, uh, at least for the foreseeable future, going to come out on Wednesday afternoon now. Um, so if you're listening and it's Wednesday and you're like, why did I not get this on Monday? Um, it was not your podcast app's fault. They just did not have it yet because <laughs> we didn't make it. So uh, you should know that. That's, that's, uh, that's different. If you don't like that, um, let us know. That's okay. If you love it, that's cool too. I'm just curious. You know? It sounds like it really doesn't matter if they <laughs> like it or not. I deeply care of <laughs> all, uh, all the opinions. So you were singing our song, uh, Tanner. You were singing our... Um, what song was that, Tanner? Our new, our new anthem. For, uh, yeah, I can't remember how the start of it goes though. For um, I'm sure we can get Kelly back on here to sing it for you. We get Shelby. We we'll talk about this it. is a series <laughs> called "You Asked for It." Yeah. Uh, so you asked for it is coming up in uh, two weeks, right? Not two weeks. A week from I Sunday. Guess, oh, you know, two Sundays. A week from Sunday. Yeah. Correct. So Sunday is Easter Sunday. That's exciting. And then following that, we are going to jump into a series called "You Asked for It." I'm nerve sighted, as a nerve great American Tanner Hodges once said. <laughs> nerve sighted, man. What are what, we got? Tanner's thoughts. What are your thoughts? Why, why, why do something like this? Why are we jumping to this and not back into, uh, you know, acts like we're going to do later on in the year, or picking a new book or a different, uh, you know, topic altogether? And why jump into something like this? I think, um, I think it's, well, first of all, on a on a simple note i just i want to be the kind of church we've talked about this even since starting our podcast i want to be a part of the kind of local church that talks about everything um you know we can't because of time limitations we can't because not everybody in the room is an adult there's 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 certain things we just have to tailor what we're talking about and how we're talking about it but but there's there's a lot of things that are left to one-on-one conversations and not necessarily things we we have you know monologues about on a stage um and i think this is an effort to bring a lot of the questions we get um in theory throughout the year but but specifically we've been we've been soliciting questions from people last count um i think early this morning we had 59 and so we're going to close that up with no more opportunity, officially anyway, to submit a question this Easter Sunday, I guess late in the day maybe, or Monday. Is that what you're going to do? Sure. It's got a uh, – oh, you're acting like you're not the one that's going to turn Oh, no, turn I'll, I'll, I'll be the one that will turn it off. I don't <laughs> know that I'd put any thought into when I was going to turn yeah, it we, off. Yeah, I mean, we've got to turn it off at some point or the questions <laughs> just keep coming, right? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm good um, with that. I'm anticipating easily, you know, 60, 70, 80 questions. Uh, so part of it's just trying to give the people what they want, so to speak. You know, let's tackle some things that are gnawing questions in people's minds. And, yep. Um, and, and also, um, may, maybe as a, as a teacher, as, a, as one who at worst can talk at people, 
on a Sunday morning, it's it's an opportunity to, you know, take something from people and address it. Um, so, any uh, uh, any any hints on any of the subjects that we may or may not discuss? Ah, uh, wow, I can't think of anything that would be especially fun to tease. Uh, we have definitely got some very random questions. I would say we've got all kinds of questions, which is which is kind of what you hope for. We've gotten some flippant questions. We've got some very serious intellectual questions. Uh, we've got the most random, like, what time of night was this when you came up with that question, you know? And, and, and I think we've got a, a number of questions that I'm like, yep, I've heard that asked a bunch over yeah. the years, you know? So um, we've got at least three or four that... I think they got cut off halfway through, and you're like, "Man, if I if you could tell me anything, I'm just dying to." <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, "Well, I, guess I really want to know." Um, I, I guess I'll tease one: is we've had uh, at least three or four questions about women in leadership. Okay, and um, I think being between being a Southern Baptist church between and and being in the Bible Belt, um. And reading scripture that is very much from patriarchal culture times historically, um, it's a it's a challenge to tackle that you know for churches and uh, and not override what we think scripture is teaching us with what popular notions of the day are at any one point, um, and yet. Spoiler alert, I, for one, really want to be true to the historical context and and understand how that was received or even why it was communicated that way 2,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago. Or, so we're going to tackle that, and we're going to tackle that with some humility and, um, and yet some boldness. And uh, I know that'll be one of the things we talk about because we had several people ask about it we just named this probably is a little bit of a spoiler to where we're even going as a church we just named female deacons for the first time in our 32 33 years of church existence Mm -hmm. um just this past year and so we're even wrestling that with that as church leaders um well that's cool i think it'll be um a fun series uh at least at least an interesting series to uh to say the least to jump from one thing to another and answer a bunch of different questions. And, uh, I know I've, I've read several of them, so, uh, it will be interesting, I think. Um, and it will be, I think we have things all across the board. So, uh, I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to, to how we use this platform to tackle some of them. We'll, we'll talk about. Some well, yeah. what do you say? You said 59 questions so far. It's like, there's no way we can tackle them yeah. all on a Sunday. We're doing so. this for four weeks on a Sunday. Yeah. It's, so yeah, count oh. on a lot of, a lot of those questions. I think it's a great, this is a great forum to be able to answer some of those and, or even, Maybe, dare I say, not have an answer for some of those and just uh-huh. go, I don't know. What do we think about those not things? Sure. At least a few would be like, that's a good question. Yes. <laughs> What's the next one? Read the next one. Yeah. Uh, skip that move on. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that yeah. some other time. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's that's what's coming up. So if we, you know, we're looking at, at Easter coming up this weekend. We're wrapping up the um, Easter People series that we've talked about: Mary Magdalene and the disciples and Thomas and Joseph. Joseph that was the other one. I couldn't remember who the other was. Like, I was missing somebody. And then, and then this week, 
uh, or this past Sunday, I guess, we talked about um, the uh, two guys. Does it say two guys? Mm-hmm. I can't remember dudes. if it was. I said two dudes on a road trip, but that's my. Is it? Is it two? It was two followers, right? Yeah, I don't it know. says two followers anyway. of Jesus. So one of them was Cleopas. Is that a? That's what it says. I don't know. Yeah. And we don't know anything else about him. And the other one has no name. Has no name. So there you go. Mentioned. So two people two that people. were on the road two to humans. Emmaus. All right. So I, before we even get into that, I have a question um, for, my, for myself here. Um, I'm curious, uh, and, and maybe I'm just in the moment, I'm not thinking of something, but um, why, why do you feel that Jesus, Jesus' face was hidden? Why, why were they unable to recognize him? And specifically because Mary had the same, uh, had the same. She thought it was the gardener, right? But but even like I mean, I, I have a hard time believing that she just, um, and maybe shock, maybe who knows, um, you know, she's in she's in full panic mode at that moment, but she also doesn't recognize Jesus, and this is this is somebody that she's just spent, you know, potentially years following multiple years. I'm not sure when exactly she joined sure. the journey, but she's, I mean, he's a very significant person in her. And, and to not be able to recognize. And not recognize him immediately. Like, you know, I, again, like I can understand shock. I could understand, you know, something along those yeah. lines yeah. if you want to read into it, but it's not the only time that somebody was, and, and of course this time it specifically says that uh, they were, God, they were kept from God, it being able God to recognize him. Let, let them recognize him. Why? I'll tell you what I know, and I'll tell you what I speculate. Okay. Um, you hit, you hit for the for the two guys on the road to Emmaus. You hit it on the head. It, it's very clear. It says God did not let them mm-hmm. recognize him. I I'm not sure what his reasoning for that was. I, I went back just as you're speaking to John chapter 20 to see when Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him, and it just says she thought he was the gardener. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say. Mm-hmm. You know, God supernaturally prevented her from recognizing. What I speculate, and I'm, I'm totally making this up, is <laughs> I think just like you guys and myself here now and all of our listeners, Mary Magdalene and Cleopas and his buddy, they were, they were human, see-it-to-believe-it people. They, when someone died, like my grandfather passed away several years ago, someone looking just like him could walk up to me and I, I think there's at least some times when I'm going to look him right in the eye and I'm not even gonna, I'm not even going to consider that that's my grandpa because that doesn't make sense. It's impossible, you know? Yeah. Now there's other times I'll be like, Oh my goodness, this guy looks just like my grandpa who died 15 years ago. Right. You know? So I'm, I'm speculating that even for Mary Magdalene that Sunday morning, she's not even, she's so sad. Mm-hmm. She's, She's not even entertaining the thought that it could be him. These guys we know are distraught. They're discouraged. They're sad. It's written all over their faces. Um, but don't don't you think? You no, know, sorry, that's a loaded way to say that. Um, <laughs> that's okay. I'll just you know. Uh, it speaks to. But but if if you talk about your grandpa, right? If this was two days after your grandpa died, yeah, and he walked up to you and called you by now. Maybe he didn't call by name in, in that uh, timeline. I don't well, know. in this case, he just said, Hey, what are you guys talking about? Right. But, but you know, but these guys, but I guess, I guess back to Mary, you know, it's like, we're talking two days. I guess this okay. is, this is maybe, same day. Maybe, maybe his head was covered. 
Okay. Let's get let's get more pragmatic. All of the pictures show all of his yeah, stuff that's that true. are folded up and inside the pretty tomb. You mean when he was taking a well, selfie? Well, he wasn't walking down the road to Emmaus naked. I, I don't know. No, come on. Because then they'd be like, why are you naked? You they, know? Did. they didn't lead with that. It's, uh, <laughs> I know, in all seriousness... It seems I, like something that would have been included in there. Yeah, that <laughs> would, <laughs> you would think that would have been mentioned. But in all seriousness, you know, maybe it was later in the afternoon. Maybe mm-hmm. his head was covered. Um, it's a fair question. Like, Just curious. What in the world? Just trying to kick off our, our next series. So. I'm less curious. I'm, I'm curious about both, but I'm less curious why Mary Magdalene didn't recognize him. Um, I'm more curious why it says God didn't mm-hmm. let these two guys recognize him. Like I'm, and we can't know. But man, what was he? It's almost like, and, and I even tried to allude to the comedy, you know, of of mm-hmm. it. It's like Jesus is walking up going, hey, man, what are you guys doing? You know, <laughs> and it's like he knows in his brain they're going to freak out. You know, before I gave my daughter the Taylor, she's opening the gift for the Taylor Swift tickets on Christmas morning. Yeah. I have this sense of anticipation. I can't wait to see the look on her face. You know what? I wonder how much of just in his full humanity, Jesus is like, these guys are going to freak out when they realize it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's just enjoying the moment of what are you guys talking about? Okay. What are you guys thinking? Why are you guys so sad? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Tanner and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, We were talking about the, the, the show, the chosen and, and one of, I was about to say, I was like, I'm like, hurry up chosen. Let's just get to this point. You know that. Come on. How are they going to depict this? Right. Yeah. But that was, that was one of my favorite things is the humanization of, Mm -hmm. of the people, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, we have we've we've read about these saints and and God, you know. In, it's so untouchable, and and this is like a. Uh, it's a very human. It's moment. a very human moment. In so yeah. many of them, I and we were specifically talking yes. about John the Baptist and how yeah. fun he was. Yeah, <laughs> it's just cracking me up. Yeah. It's just like wow, uh, you know. He casts out a demon, and everybody is like complete silence, frozen, and like I don't know what to do. And they're just like looking around and staring at everybody. And then John in the back goes. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like totally break the ice. Like, like this was awkward. You're like, yes, I can imagine. That's what it would have been like, you know. But so. you know, like what you're saying is like this. It's it's humanizing a a fully human person. Yeah, and yeah. It's it's really difficult. It's really difficult to uh, to read about people in scripture and to identify with because <clears throat> because you don't have that um, that human aspect. Um, you know, we're we're so accustomed to seeing ourselves in people depicted in movies and and mm-hmm. all those things that um, I think it's really difficult for us to read about someone, especially in the language that the, that scripture uses. Yeah. Often, yeah. you know, um, they become these people on a pedestal, um, which is not really what the Bible describes about them. Right. You know, it's not. It's just these are people. But it's almost it's almost like the highlight reel. Like it makes me think about uh, what was the the last Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Oh, where yeah. the worlds collide, and yes. and you've got these three Spider Man guys. You know, and most yeah. movies are like this thing happened, and then we jump to the next thing. It's right. like time has elapsed, and we just go from one thing to the next. Sure, and in this in this one, there's a scene where you have the three guys waiting on the bad guys to arrive, <laughs> and they're just literally just sitting around like talking and. You know, <laughs> hanging out, and it's almost like you know, it's like it's just humanizing the characters that right. we 
you know, and, and it kind of feels like that if, you know, as you're, as you're talking about that, this is a, an opportunity maybe for Jesus to be like, yeah, <laughs> this is going to be cool. This is going to be really cool. Watch yeah. This. It's really, it's, I mean, it's dangerous to say what I'm about to say. Uh, I think, uh, take, especially taken out of context. But like sometimes when you were reading scripture, there is like this assumed um, human aspect that is it's hard to grasp, you know, like so when you read about when you read about, you know, these guys not recognizing again, <clears throat> this says that, you know, God didn't let them. But um, in the case of Mary Magdalene, um, when you read about those things, there's this assumed humanistic approach to some of those things that it's, you can't put down in words. You know what I mean? You can't put down in some sort of format like that. So I, I, I do think that's why sometimes we, uh, sometimes we come across passages of scripture that's very debatable and then other ones that are less debatable and um, some of that. So it's just interesting how, the human aspect of scripture um, can so easily be lost in today's culture. Mm. Um, and again, it's because we're so far removed from the culture of the day, you know, so far removed from the context and those, um, those assumed uh, ambient sort of understandings that if we were people of those day of that day, we might, know what they meant by certain things that they say or right um it's just pretty it's pretty I interesting think, i know this is this is possibly a rabbit trail with the chosen and by the way got a couple good questions um more curious i think questions uh submitted about the chosen our thoughts on the chosen mm. and, and some controversy around it so i'm looking forward to at least going there at some point but um you know, the chosen has both gotten some flack for, but also been, you know, lauded in a positive way for its ability to bring to life the scripture, to make the human aspect of, of the person of Christ, as well as just the, the stories and the interactions come to life. And I, I've read some of the things that the, the, director and creator of it has said and and he's he's a I mean he's he went to seminary he's he's a learned man he's read all that kind of stuff but but he's like just acknowledging we're doing the best we can to bring some things to life and we can look at a story that lasts a third of a page you know in our bibles and it has a little bit of dialogue but then if we, if we really, it doesn't, I don't think it takes too much for us to go here in our brains in real life. None of our stories are like that. Right. Our, yeah. You know, our, our, think about the last conversation you had with someone or the last time you got in a car for 20 minutes with someone, you could fill probably five pages with the dialogue oh, yeah. or the first 30 minutes of a podcast or the first 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and so they have to like add, um, like the natural give and take mm -hmm. of, of different people. And it's not, but therefore by default, it's, it's not written on that page. Mm -hmm. And so they've gotten some flack for, Hey, you're saying some things the Bible didn't say, Hey, you're, you're expanding a little bit on the storyline. And I've heard them say, that's the challenge. How do we bring this to life? 
and and be true to the heart of scripture tell the narrative accurately but also bring the human like john the baptist going yeah Yeah. like that's it's not just comedy it's like that's probably what happened like that's 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 certainly the heart of john the baptist who's celebrating who jesus is and his his eccentric personality Mm -hmm. and and the alternative is to me, all the other Jesus movies and films that are just dry and cheesy because they've been very careful not to add little mm-hmm. moments like that. That allows us to grasp, grasp some sort of uh, connection. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you think, I mean, if you think about it, like we're talking about guys that were taking notes and then years, years later are writing this, writing this story down. Yeah. You know, how much of, the the actual oh, dialogue. Oh, oh, Brooke. Would you not remember? Oh, Brooke. What? Ooh, I think he, he just got more dangerous than he did. He, he, did. he definitely <laughs> did. He definitely did. You're, you know what? We're going to talk about the reliability of Scripture and the trustworthiness and authority of Scripture for sure in this next series because several people, actually more than several, a bunch of people have been asking about that. And I think you speak to it is, you know, how reliable... Did, did Jesus say those words? Is it the, oh. is it ballpark? Is it yeah. is it the is it the gist of Look it? At the gist of you it, you know. Yeah, and um, I'll go ahead and say, God's not a riddler. He's not trying to trick us. Um, I think God said exactly in written form through these people what He wanted. Us, I mean, what He wants us to hear and and understand. So it troubles me zero. Mm-hmm. But I get I get the questions around that i get the yeah. the wondering you know right well and to that end uh to bring it to one of the things that you said uh on the weekend um you said there is a wrong way to read the bible and at face value that's just an interesting statement to make you know mm-hmm. there's a wrong way to, i think we all we, we can all understand sure. like there's uh, the way that you understand what this passage is saying, Scripture is saying, all those different things. Um, but to say there's a wrong way to read the Bible, I just wanted you to. Allow, I mean, I could read what you wrote uh, in your script, but like, I wanted you to. I, I just wanted to elaborate. Maybe have you elaborate more on that. Um, well, first of all, it's about as opinionated as it. Can, can sound, you know, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think the the reason for that very short, bold statement is is the the challenge. I want to say invitation, but I guess it's more of a a challenge to to thoughtfully approach scripture like I really believe we're supposed to approach scripture. So um, I don't want to get into the fancy word I learned in graduate school is hermeneutics. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of, of interpreting scripture and my, my understanding of all that, other than to say the real heart behind that statement I made a couple days ago now is if we're not looking throughout the Old Testament for the many, 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 many ways that it is foreshadowing and it's pointing to Jesus and it's pointing to Jesus and it's pointing to what God's going to do through Jesus. We are missing, we're missing it. It's not just history. It's not just poetry. It's not just 
commandments. It's all those things, but but there are all these. In fact, it's just, it's so beautiful to me. I'm I'm enamored by God's creativity in the way that He takes in all these different genres of literature in the Old Testament, and He's just pointing ahead to what He's going to do. Um, and so it's it's just an incomplete. It's a, a, maybe a different way of saying the same thing is there's an incomplete approach to scripture. Mm. Even more specifically, there's an incomplete approach to the Old Testament as Christians. Uh, that's really what I, I was trying to say a couple yeah. days ago. It's 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 more powerful in, in your face to say there's a wrong way. To <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that's if I can make it personal, I. I don't know if, if my upbringing in church was the, to blame for this or if it was probably just more of me being younger, younger and disinterested, and then later in life, younger and interested, but kind of immature and didn't know what I didn't know, is I blew off the Old Testament. Like, why do, I, why do, why do we even read the Old Testament? Like, mm. I want to read about Jesus. I want to read about the book of Acts and what it meant to begin following Jesus and what does it mean to experience the life of Christ now, you know, in the wake of his death and resurrection, in the wake of the gift of the Holy Spirit and all that. What is, who cares what happened in, you know, first Chronicles or what, <laughs> what mosaic law has to say and what has, what has sparked my interest later in life, much more in the old Testament is a realization that, Oh my goodness, I can find Jesus the more I look in the Old Testament. Hmm. Um, and I think that's, <laughs> it explains partly why I still find myself camping out in the New Testament as a teacher. And I, I get, I actually get some flack for that from some people over the years is, oh, we're, we're back in the New Testament again. Oh, we're in a different gospel. Like, I just, that's where I want to be most of the time as a teacher. I think I feel I feel convicted about that, but I but I do also at the same time recognize that I'm doing it wrong as a teacher and a, and a brother to the people around me if I'm not looking in the Old Testament with them and pointing to Jesus. I think I've got a lot of room to grow there, um, and I even say that to you, Tanner, very candidly as a self-proclaimed you know student of Scripture and got so much pastoring ahead of you and you've started teaching um here at colonial and i see you doing a lot more of that over time man that's one of my encouragements to you like everybody else is the more we can point to jesus in the old testament i think the more it makes the whole bible make sense and come alive for people hmm. so really it's a matter of perspective and what you're what you're pointing to how you're how you're looking at it <clears throat> yep um which is I mean, it, it's the central theme of what you were talking about on Sunday even is um, I, I think earlier on you said something about um, I think you quoted, who'd you quote? Charles Charles Swindoll maybe? About 10%. 90%. Yeah, life is 10%, what happens to me, and 90% how I react to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's 
I don't like that to be true, <laughs> but, but I think, but I think that is true. And it, uh, it, it does, um, give a, I guess a scope of when you make the statement, um, there's a wrong way to read the Bible. Yeah. Um, it, it, it brings clarification, you know, um, we we were talking about this in our in our in our team huddle before we jumped on stage and went and served in the balcony in some different places that we our worship team serves. Um, we do a team huddle every morning and <clears throat> get ready and just get our hearts right. And um, we were talking about just the aspect of uh, joy and um, sometimes we can be so concerned with other people's joy. Uh, that we feel like we have to manufacture joy for others and um, and yet can disregard the fact that we are to carry joy individually and to bring joy. Um, and so we talked a little bit about that and then and then to hear you talk about um, our reactions to different things, our perspective, our, our how we view certain things, um, you know, the conclusions of our life, how we view those things differently through the lens of Christianity and all that, um, how hope uh, gives us the power to embrace what we previously wanted to escape. Those different things, uh, I was like, wow, that's just, um, God does that pretty often with us, I think, um, where we we end up talking about different things in different ways, but um, the same things in different ways, I guess I should say. it just brought it home for me. He put that in my heart on Sunday, just this aspect of how are we bringing joy? How are we carrying joy with us? Mm. Am I overly concerned with others, others joy and missing the perspective I'm to have, you know, and, and how that can influence what I see and what I do. Um, yeah. And I, you know, there's a lot of metaphors that we, we see in scripture or that we even find ourselves using to, to better understand or explain things we're learning. If I could grab a hold of one metaphor that's indirectly from the weekend, but also just central in my brain, uh, to me, Christianity in so many ways is, is putting on corrective lenses, you know, hmm. or more theologically accurate, it's letting God put on, put on corrective lenses for us in that, he may or may not change our circumstances, but he radically changes the way we see them. Hmm. And I think that's a very profound mistake that we make or sometimes even teach people to make, which is if you come to Jesus, he's going to change your circumstances. That's the heart of health and wealth theology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come to Jesus, if you put, if you have enough faith, if you put your trust in him, Mm. then he's going to make you rich or he's going to heal you of that disease or he's going to, you know, make your marriage work or whatever. Mm. And what I see in scripture and what I've lived out and what I see around me is sometimes he does that and, and way more often than not, he just, he just radically changes the way we see it. So like, for example, we still die. Right. All the people we care about still die. Yeah. By the way, all the people Jesus healed still died. Like <laughs> he didn't take away death. <clears throat> but then as Paul says, we don't, we don't grieve like everybody else anymore. 
he he might as well have said we've got we've got different way different way of seeing. Hmm. We know this is not the end. We know that he's good, and so we do not grieve like those people who have no hope. We are full of hope. So that's why we go to a funeral of someone who loved Jesus, and it it doesn't look anything like <laughs> the funeral of someone we didn't know or ashes to ashes, dust to dust. See ya. It's just it's it's different, you know. And so I I really believe that he's he's inviting us. This is this is the life of of a Christian. He's inviting us to see every hard thing we're going through, every every challenge ahead of us, just radically differently. To see the needs, it's why I was thinking about this. Um, we're, we were getting ready to record, and I was I was just reflecting on the the teaching this week, and I didn't I didn't bring this up. This is this is going to sound random, but I love how you know in Luke. Luke 19, I think it's in, in more than one gospel, actually. But in Luke 19, for, for one place, Jesus is approaching the end, the last week of his life, and he comes up on the hill, and he looks over the city of Jerusalem, and he begins to weep. And he says something to the effect of, oh, I wish you could see. <laughs> but this is hidden from your eyes. Hmm. I wish you could see what's about to happen. I wish you could know what I know, feel what I feel. And I think that's the invitation of Christianity is the invitation to see people like he sees people. Hmm. Like how differently will we love the people around us if we could see, if we can see them like he sees them? Hmm. How differently will we love ourselves if we can see ourselves like he sees us? Right. So it's a goal as far down that rabbit trails you want on corrective lenses just he just wants to change our perspective i think um yeah i i I agree with you in that um you know just recently i've had some some really good friends who for for whatever reason have stepped away from the church and uh and I, I wonder how much of that is linked to, um, I don't the manipulation of our life and circumstances with or without Jesus. You know what I mean? Um, how much is that? How much of that is tied to? I thought it was going to look like this, and somebody has, or somebody has told me it was supposed to look like this, and because it's not done these different things or fixed this specific thing in my life must mean it's not true, must mean it's not real, must mean it's not good. Um, I mean, I've, I've got some some friends I walk with here in town who um, have, have recently wrestled with, well, yeah, but I thought it was going to do this and things were going to be better. Depression was going to be gone or, you know, my financial struggle was going to be corrected or I wasn't going to have an argument with my spouse in that way anymore or my kid wasn't going to keep acting a fool you know like and then it didn't turn out that way um and therefore yep it must not be accurate or true I think that's I think that's spot on with this this idea of 
corrective lenses. No, no, no. The, the, the world doesn't, the world and the circumstances doesn't, doesn't change because of what you believe. And yet it does, mm. you know, I know what you, I know what you mean there. I just, I just had this mixed thought of just natural physiological maturity, emotional, mental maturity that continues as believers. I just had this thought of, you know, think about my kids. I trust you guys can relate to this as dads, you know, our little ones, they can't see past their own noses. You know, they're just very self absorbed and that's, that's all of us start out that way. And, and what I love about late elementary school into middle school and certainly into high school and college is the world gets bigger and we, it's like our eyes get lifted beyond ourselves and we're still very selfish because I know I still am at 53, but, but I'm able to put myself in other people's shoes. It's like, I'm able to see things a little more and a little more and a little more the way they really are. Mm. Um, absent of some trauma that I guess can, to use the analogy, can just, you know, slice up my retina or something and I can never <laughs> see straight, you know, but in that, re- in that regard, I would, I would hypothesize that if there's 8 billion people on the planet, all 8 billion slowly are able to see a little better and mm. see a little more accurately to a point. And I think that God's desire for us, especially in this fallen world is to take us way past that natural maturity and to, to cause us to really be able to see things for how they are Hmm. to really be able to see people and ourselves, how they, how they really are, uh, to really, I mean, isn't that what selflessness really is? It's being able to look past ourselves, you know? Yeah. So, um, I have one of my kids on my brain right now. Cause you know, this could be true for any of my four, but I'm, one of them right now is like, just can't see, just can't get out of her own way, you know? And just can't, I'm just dying for her to be able to see better. <laughs> and I know she's going to, but even more so I want that for her long term. I want her to, I want her to become more and more like Christ and to weep at the top of the hill. I want her to look at her school, which she can't right now, but I want her to get to a place where her, you know, quote unquote, her school, her workplace, her, her friends. I want her to, I want her to look at them and to quote my favorite musician of all time, Bono, you know, one of the lines from one of his songs is, uh, take my heart and make it break. Hmm. And it's, it's very much a song to God. Hmm. And I think that's what he wants us to desire. Even help me see what you see. You're at the top of the hill looking at Jerusalem and you're weeping. And I'm, kind of the clueless guy right next to you going, Hey, what's wrong? You got something in your eye allergies? You know, like we're just clueless, you know? Right. And I think our prayer at our best in our best moments is help me see what you see. I really do. Hmm. Well, it's just got my wheels. It's just got my wheels spinning more for, I've got, I've got a, a specific person on my heart, on my mind that um, I am inefficient at or ineffective at helping this person see. <laughs> uh, one, they're wicked smart. Like, they're really smart, and I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm just not. So I can pretty easily, a word that I say or a phrase I say, be taken and 
and thrown back at me and I can't, I don't have the vocabulary to explain what I mean in a way that allows them to see past what I just said, you know? Um, I know that's not what I meant, but I can't help them see that that's not what I meant. And so when we get into some of these conversations, I don't know how to help. I don't know how to help this person see what I now can see, even with all my shortcomings, even with all my inability to see. So you're, you're saying all these things and I'm thinking about literally the last six, seven weeks of interaction with this person and going, Oh man, wonder if that's like what I'm up against with this person, what I'm, what I'm, what I'm facing in myself. Is there something I'm not seeing, you know, I wish I could see more, but then also like how much of it is my job to help this person see, Yeah, you know, that's a good question. So that's why, that's why I just went whoop. (laughs) That's a great question because I found myself landing on one side of it and then kind of coming around to what's well, got to be both. Like on one hand, we, it's not our job to force corrective lenses onto anybody. Right. It's not within our power to provide corrective lenses for right. everybody. And all at the same time, like, whoa, look, do, do you see what I see? Like yes. it's, it is right for us to want them to see what we right. see, you know? So I think that's also, I mean, how many times do we come back to this guy's, does it matter coming together on Sunday mornings? Does it matter coming together in, right. in the context of friendships and small groups and serving teams? And, and I just over and over again, I land on absolutely because I need to be around people that can see what I can't see mm-hmm. and they don't have to force it on me. I just, I want to be more like them. I want to be awakened to what they're already aware of. I, I can't do that by myself. Right. You know? So, just presence with each other is part of the answer to what you're, yeah, what you're saying. Sure, but sure. there's there is more, right? Right, <laughs> right. Intentionality. Yeah. Well, and it's also you know as as you said you know it's not my job necessarily to convince them. Yeah. Um, it may be my job to plant that seed, a seed mm-hmm. that that maybe something grows out of and maybe it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be faithful in. You know, in the in the situation that God has given me to say, right. you know what, I'm still going to love this person, and I'm still going to uh, to care for them in the best way that I can, and that may not be able to be able to fix it, right? But it may be that I'm the one that just cracks the door open a little bit, or just yeah. just you know unlocks the door just to, just to, you know just a little bit, and and somebody else is there to pick up the pick it up after that and take it from there, yeah. Um, you know, otherwise, uh, otherwise we, we, you know, live and die by, you know, who did we save? Right. And it's not, you know, that's not our job, but, but just to be faithful with that one little piece of it, even mm-hmm. if knowing, uh, you know, it may not even work, but I got to be faithful with mm-hmm. this one little piece mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, um, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. There's things I want to know, things I want to I want to be able to see that I can't see, and all at the same time, there's things that I can see that I want to point out to others, and have a hard time <laughs> sometimes letting go of the mm-hmm. fact that ah well they just can't see it, you know, or they missed it, you know. Um, that's one of the things that even a couple weeks ago I said on on stage is uh, in our conversation I'm e- even more so convinced after you know doing the study and research and preparation for 
the conversation that if you're not in community, there's a lot you miss out on um, because you don't have that person going, hey, look, there's that thing over here. Did you see it? Did you catch it? Did you, you know? I'm, I, the picture that comes to my mind is I'm, right now my boys are infatuated with airplanes, and Easton has <laughs> insane eyesight. Like, he can see <laughs> this commercial airliner what in the world? way up there in the sky, and we just we struggle and finally figure out, oh, it, oh, sure enough, there it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And Emerson's trying to, like, he's, he's at that stage where he's copying everything Easton's doing, so he's trying to find it, and he's pointing, you know, west and in easton's pointing east and he's like you know yep there it is you know he's just you know mimicking some of these things but i think that's often what we do i've watched i've watched easton get frustrated with his little brother (laughs) it's not there it's over here you know um and i think that that's i put myself in that position how how often am i you know the older brother there who's going getting frustrated because it's come on man you're either missing it or you're yeah. you're pointing in the wrong direction. Um, well, and there's a difference between self-righteousness and what I know you're talking about, which is love. Yeah. You really want to share it. You want yes. it, you know? Yes, yes, yes. So it's uh, that's the picture that I that I have. <laughs> totally random. In my head. Uh, you you guys made me think of a, did you hear what happened uh, at the Milwaukee Brewers opening day? Mm-mm. They had a flyover. Like I mean, how many sporting events is there right. a, a flyover? And they paused and talked about the flyover and all this stuff. And they uh, were inside. The roof was closed. And <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I don't Anybody, anybody hear that? It you made hit, the news. Like, they had a big deal. And everybody just stood there. And I guess you could kind of hear it. <laughs> but you kind of lose the... Right. You see it? Nope, I don't see it. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> Huh. How many times do we put our own barriers up in front of oh, us? And yeah, that'll preach. Hmm. Mm. All right. Well, let's wrap this guy up here. Um, we are facing uh, Sunday is Easter, and that's what's coming up. So um, any uh, any spoilers that you want to give us as we, as we head into Easter Sunday? Uh, spoilers. I don't have anything clever to say. No, I am. For all of you that wish oh you just it's one of your biggest hopes and dreams that our our sunday morning gatherings will be shorter and that people <laughs> like lauren or Tanner will talk less uh this sunday this sunday this is the one come celebrate with us <laughs> now we're gonna have uh we're gonna have two 50 minute gatherings normally we're an hour 15 without apology lots lots we want to do together, but we're just trying to to uh, meet people where they are and not go into the lunch hour too much. And so, ten and eleven fifteen, and we're going to finish with Easter people. Um, it'll be a very short teaching, but I hope it's just encouraging and just I hope it's a celebratory morning. I want to remind all of you one more time, man. You you got to hear this. We all got to hear this every year around Easter and Christmas and other special times can't think of a better time to invite um i've I've got a couple very hard-hearted friends and cynical friends that are going to church this sunday you know because it's just in our culture it's a very normal thing they're gonna go to church they're gonna go to lunch maybe there's an easter egg hunt or whatever you know some some habits and so don't miss out on a unique opportunity the week after that they may not want to come 
they may not want to be around some people that can see something they can't see. And so I really want to encourage all of us to, to be thoughtful. And uh, if you're listening to this on a Wednesday night or a Thursday or Friday, who, who are you going to, who are you going to hit the pause button right now and call somebody, shoot them a text. Hey, come with us, come with us this Sunday. It's cool. Can I leave us with one story? Go for it. That does pertain to um, what we're talking about from this past week's teaching. And it just stuck. And I'll, I'll bet I've shared, I'll bet I've shared this on our podcast. I'll bet I've shared it on a Sunday morning. It's just one of those, those pictures in my brain that has stuck with me, that helps me be more hope filled and um, increases my faith. I don't know how else to say it, but uh, so forgive me if this is redundant, but I'll bet some of the people listening haven't heard this. You know, you know, we all know what a mosaic painting looks like. Um, have y'all heard me talk about a mosaic before? So little mosaic, and I don't know how to better describe it, but a mosaic painting is actually not brush strokes. It's little tiny pieces mm-hmm. that are all put together, different colors. So when you're way, way far away, it doesn't look like yeah. pieces. It looks like <clears throat> a canvas, you know, but you cut up close and there's those little pieces. And if I, I wish I could do the visual for you, but for you guys here in the, our fancy podcast studio, you can track with me especially, but life is like, we're right up against the mosaic painting. And I got my hand in front of my face here representing, I'm, I'm just staring at this one square, maybe two or three, you know, that are right in front of me. And it's so confusing and it's so frustrating and we can't make out what the picture is. We can't see to use that analogy and God the perfect father, the creator of all, totally sovereign and in control, is stepped way back and he sees the whole thing and he's got a big smile on his face and he's like, oh, man, if you could just see what I see, you got to trust me. You got to trust me. I'm good. I got the whole picture and I want to give you more of it. And that reality just has stuck with me. I heard somebody do that when, when I was, uh, I think in my late twenties working for young life and one of our older, wiser Bible study teachers just put that picture in front of us. And he's like, that's my story. I'm, I'm constantly nose to nose with the mosaic going, I don't get it. This sucks. (laughs) You know, it's just blue, Yeah, (laughs) you know, and we just can't see all the colors and the picture. And I think that's, it kind of captures so much of God's standing invitation to us to just trust him. It's not about your circumstances. It's about you drawing really inaccurate conclusions. I really believe that. So I think of that every time I see a mosaic. It's a good picture. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been the E6 podcast from Colonial Church. You can always get more information about Colonial at colonialchurch.com. You can download our app from the Google Play Store or the App Store, and that will get you a whole lot more information, um, as well as give you a place that you could uh, submit a question for you asked for it, our next series, and something you have been wrestling with or thinking through um, and want to hear some more conversation around, send that in. Um, you can send us your podcast questions or your feedback. Anything here, you can send it to podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email. And um, yeah, thank you for listening. We will pick it up again next week and happy Easter, everybody.